Welcome back to the Caps On Podcast. My name is Tyler Blumenstick, joined by Nick Tobias, Sam Meehan, and Anthony Mano. Uh, it's about to be, what, week seven of the NFL season. Last week, we went, there was a little discrepancy. We either went four, two, and one, or we went five and three. Um, I made the case for the Browns. Mano made the case for the Steelers. Obviously, they played each other, so we split that. Um, but aside from that, we got four <laughs> wins and two losses. So not a bad week. Followed up our seven and one week in week five. We got a pretty good week this week in week seven. How you guys doing? Staying making money. Yes, sir. I went two and zero last week, so I don't care. All I see is winners right now. All right, mm. we have two. We have two quick orders mm. of business before we get into Sunday night football. Yes. Um, or Thursday night football rather. The Chiefs Bills game. Um. We had three on the Chiefs, and we had a contrarian uh, on the Bills. And then in the second order of business, we had three on the Dallas Cowboys and one on the Cardinals. One, one was more fortunate than the other, so I'm going to give uh, both of them some time to uh, explain themselves. Well, I like to keep it short and sweet. Um, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. I'm going <laughs> to keep this one short and just say, I told you so! Uh, following up on that, I was I was wrong on the Bills. I uh, to be fair, you it was close at the I end. I was like, close. I was close. I you mean, were if you watch that game, away from a sneaky backdoor cover. Yeah, I, I mean, if if you watch that game, I, I had no confidence after like the third quarter or even the second. It, like going into halftime, I had no confidence that Josh Allen was going to get right. It was raining. He couldn't find receivers. It was bad. Um. That said, I will make amends to think twice before uh, betting on Patrick Mahomes, who just I had was, a kid. See, it's so, funny. No, I was, did he really? Yeah, he just had a kid. Well, he's uh, going to have a kid. He's going to have a kid. I thought they announced they were pregnant, like, very recently. Yeah. Well, but, um, it's funny because – They the announced they're having a girl. So on the opposite Oh, that was it. I, okay. I was very confident after Zeke fumbled the second time that the Cardinals were going to run with that football game. Mm-hmm. Um. Zeke, Zeke did not, in fact, eat like I was expecting. No, nope, he, did not. he was on the sideline pretty much the whole game. And ha! He fumbled twice. Yeah, I know. I was right. Yeah, I th- I yeah. Congrats. All right, I'm done. I'm done. New I'm week. Done. All right, go ahead, Stick. Go ahead. New week. We're going to kick it off with Thursday night football with our New York football giants visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. The line is set at. Um, I mean, it opened at Philly minus six and a half. I have it at Giants or Philly minus four and a half. I've seen three and a half. Yeah, like I've, most I mean, sites that I've seen. I don't know if the line movement was necessarily because there's money coming in on the Giants at no, almost a I, touchdown, or it was. I think, I think the line movement's strictly on because um, of Sanders and Ertz. Sanders being, and Ertz. That's what. Yeah, Sanders I mean, that was my other option. Being confirmed um, out. Um, the total set at forty-five, which might be an interesting play. It's probably one of the lowest you're ever going to see. Um, but yeah, anybody have initial thoughts on this game? Are All right, we, so are, are, okay. Oh, sorry, Sam. I'm gonna cut. Are, are you three going for the Giants? Because I I know, I know you guys have picked the Giants in the past on more egregious spreads. So if if you're going to pick the Giants on this, do it now. Like I'm trying to sound as unbiased as possible, but <laughs> the Giants are going to beat the living shit at no, no, but. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm taking the Giants. I'm going to do it too. And I, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm going to take a money line as well. 
Look, okay. it's just one of those things with the injuries where you look at a Philadelphia offense that really only has Carson Wentz and Travis Fulgham, who's come on out of nowhere, basically. Um, the backfield is going to be Boston Scott and Corey Clement. Uh, you're missing literally your two biggest playmakers on that offense. And the Giants defense has been playing well. I was texting with somebody last night, and we basically came to the conclusion that if the Giants can put up like 21-plus, I think they win this game. And I think that's entirely possible because, I mean, this is a Philly defense that isn't very good. And I'm trying to be unbiased also, but like, I, look, I'm not confident in it, but if you give me four and a half points, and I think the Giants can absolutely win this game. I mean, it's in Philly. It's tricky. Um, but I mean, the there's, Giants, no one, there's no one there to throw batteries at people. So, yeah, no, they have fans. The they Giants are getting comfortable. Oh, either way, it doesn't matter. I don't so know. You, well, we'll stick with you. You talk about the defense kind of being trash. Um, you know, neither secondary can really cover anybody. You know, the Giants hung 34 on the Cowboys last week. I mean, that James Bradbury guy is pretty solid. Okay. I mean, and and, and that's the way I look at it. Like, the, like that was really against have one the Cow- receiving option. Yeah, with the Cowboys, they have like three good options at wide receiver mm-hmm. where Philly barely has one. So, I. I touched on the offense. Now you talk about the Giants hanging up 34. Philly also hung up, you know, 57 points in consecutive weeks against arguably the two best defenses in the league in Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh. Um, so their offense can keep up, and they're expected to get Deshaun Jackson back. A lot of garbage time touchdowns. Yes. Well, listen, Deshaun Jackson's expected to play, which kind of hurts my feelings because I kind of hate Deshaun Jackson a lot. Um but in general, the Eagles' defense has given up 30 points in back-to-back games. Um, if you want to like go more in-depth against statistics and talking about spread, uh, I'll start with the Giants. So the Giants, the past 18 road games, um, they're 14-4 and straight up. 13-0 this year. Or 3-0, huh? 13, excuse me, 3-0 this year. Okay, so they're 4-14 they're and straight up. But against the spread in road games, they're 15-3. and and they're quiet 19 and 17 against the spread in their last 26 road, uh, road games. So the Giants know how to cover the spread. I'm not saying they're going to win the football game, but they know how to cover the spread. Um, the Eagles, on the other side, have won nine out of the last 10 against the Giants. But out of those 10 games, they've only covered the spread five out of the t- uh, five out of 10 times. Um, Wentz has the most turnover-worthy plays in the league at 17. The next closest is Fitzpatrick at 11 and then Baker Mayfield at 10. Um, Wentz has been sacked the league high 25 times, has thrown the second most interceptions at nine. Uh, and, and the Eagles are two and six against the spread in their last eight games at home. I think this is a game where the Giants can contend to win the football game. And four and a half I feel comfortable with because I do think this is another game decided by a field goal because we've seen it happen before in the Giants when Jake Elliott kicked that 60-something yard field goal. What was that, two, three years ago when it broke that everybody's heart? I'm still mm-hmm. pissed about that. So I, I'm not necessarily looking at the Giants to win this football game, but I'm looking at them to cover. Um, and then I, I've already touched on how bad both defenses are, so I do think an over is a solid play the here. The Giants too. don't have a bad defense. That's the thing. No, they, the, the Giants have the fifth-best running defense, only allowing 3.7 yards per carry. So they'll be able to, they'll be able to hang with Corey Clement and Boston Scott. But it's That just- pass rush start, like, is starting to kind of figure out a little bit, and I think they're going to get to Wentz and cause some turnovers and – yeah, and, and starting left tackle Lane Johnson hurt his ankle a couple weeks ago, and he went out last week, and then his backup got hurt last week. So Lane Johnson's expected to play, but if he feels any kind of discomfort and he goes down, you're looking at a third-string left tackle, and you're looking at a Giants offensive uh, defensive line that knows how to rush the passer. 
So I do like the Giants plus four, plus four and a half here, and I do like the over. I agree. I'm picking. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just pick the pick the Eagles here. Um, at six, I would have probably had to consider it more. At about a, at a at a touchdown, I would have had to consider it more. At four and a half, it makes the decision for me a little bit easier. Um, I think this game is going to be a story of, of bad offense versus what you guys said is, is bad defense. Cause by whatever metric you want to put out there, the giants probably have one of the bottom three offenses in the league. Right. Um, and that starts up front because that offensive line has been through hell and they haven't come back yet. And this has been a project. This has been a talking point for like the past like five years, but they're worst in pass blocking per pro football focus. On the other side of that line, that Eagles defensive line, fourth in sacks with 21, fourth in adjusted sack rate with eight and a half percent. They're second in average running, bar, uh, excuse me, second in average running back yards per down per, with 3.2. So, but they're also missing their top running back. That's a defensive stat, 22nd, okay. second in average running back. But no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, so I think it really comes down to 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 that Eagles pass rush, right? Like if they're shoving Fletcher Cox down. <laughs> Never mind. Pause. If they, I couldn't. I, I started saying if okay. If they're shoving Fletcher Cox and the rest of that defensive line, um into Daniel Jones and he's not able to go over the top and take the top off the defense. Like this can get out of hand very quickly. I think Um, I look for, I I look for Evan Engram to kind of make a, make a move in this game because those, those linebackers can't really cover for the Eagles. So if they get him short and open up that tight end game and maybe they have to cover wide receivers a little bit differently and they can go in a different direction later in the game. Um, I just think this Eagles defensive line against this Giants offensive line is going to be the tail of the match and or tail of the game. And it's, I, I got to pick the Eagles. I mean, you, so you talk about Evan Ingram and my, I guess where I kind of come in with, I mean, I, I don't like Jason Garrett, especially in, I don't like him in general. And I don't really like him mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator, but at least you're talking about somebody who has experience in the NFC East and who has seen this Eagles team for the past three, four, five, six years. And he knows what he's mm-hmm. getting himself into. Um, you talk about a, a hurt or a lackluster defense on both on Philly's side of the ball, and Daniel Jones, who can make the make plays happen with his feet, which is what's kind of made him um, a viable starter on the New York Giants football team. Uh, I mean, he was what first in rush. He has the most rushing yards on the team. Or he might still have. The first. Yeah. And, and and his Daniel Jones' ability to make plays with his feet makes me comfortable um, with him being able to scramble, get out of the pocket, make a couple plays. And like I said. Mm-hmm. I, I just think uh, the Giants showed a lot of grit the past two three weeks. Um, last week with the Cowboys, or last week with the the, the Washington team, uh, with Dallas the week before, and with LA the Rams the week before that, and I think they're kind of starting to figure it out. I disagree, yeah. but we'll 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 move on. All right, um, let's move on to easy money. Um, anybody want to kick it off? I'm not quite ready. I mean, I am ready, but share the wealth a little bit. I just talked I'll... a lot. Sam, hit me. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Sammy. Uh, all right. All right. Between two right now. Um, you know what? I'll do it. So this could be a make the case just because of the sheer size of the spread. But I don't think I have to convince too many people. My, so my easy – so, like, it's the Bills versus the Jets. 
The Jets, I, I know, like in week one, they it was tw- what was twenty seven seventeen Bills. That was with that was with a sneaky garbage time touchdown. When the Jets were, I think even in their heads they thought they could still be a decent football team, and I know it's still the same personnel minus Le'Veon Bell, obviously, but I, I think the team has given up. Adam Gates is holding the offense hostage and refuses to give up play calling abilities. So that offense will still be stagnant. And I'm Darnold is still out or is he coming back this week? No, he's still out. Probably out. Still out. Then yeah. yeah, I I think he's probably still out, but there's optimism that he may play, but either way. So it's either like a not perfectly healthy Darnold or a fossil Joe Flacco. Regardless, I don't think they score 10 points against a kind of a eh, Bills defense, but I think this Bills, this Bills offense is going to feast, especially after two kind of lackluster games against, you know, probably the two best teams, two of the three best teams in the AFC, probably the, the Titans, Chiefs, and the Steelers, top three teams in the AFC. And I think it's kind of a – they're going to play pissed off. And they want to show that they deserve to be spoken about when they talk about the elite teams in the AFC. And by that, I think the Bills would can win this game by three, four touchdowns. I think this gets ugly quick. And the Bills take this. I know 13 is a lot of points, but I like the Bills minus 13. I hate to rebuttal. Think- I, I, I want, I, I'm sorry. I hate to cut you off, Manor, but we were actually talking about this a little bit before we, uh, uh, before we turn on. I, I'm not – I'm not rebuttaling because I don't agree, but I'm rebuttaling just playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. So, in general, it kind of looked like the Bills' offense has kind of taken a step back the past two weeks. Um, two weeks ago, they played the Tennessee Titans, and they lost 42-16. to They kind of got smacked. Um, granted, Tennessee's defense is better than the Jets' defense, but that's still kind of a regression. Significantly. <laughs> it, it's still a reg- I still think it's a regression on the offensive side of the football, especially when you look at um, Josh Allen's supposed to be uh, an MVP frontrunner. And then last week, they kind of got smacked around by a not good Kansas City defense. And that was Mano's case last year against Kansas City was how bad their defense was. Josh mm-hmm. Allen barely completed 50% of his passes. He threw for only 122 yards. And he was the leading rusher on that team. Their defense on the other, you know, the other side of the ball, the Bills yeah, defense but- gave up 245 rushing yards. They are The Bills defense in general are the 21st ranked defense, which is a, a huge step back from what they have been or what they're what the Bills are as a as an organization. Um, the Bills are the better team. The Jets are pretty bad. I yeah, like Jets, you're saying you're saying all this like, oh, they did this and that, but against I, the Kansas City Chiefs, like yeah. as if the Jets are even remotely close to them in any aspect of the game. I'm, I'm like just, they can't just, run the ball like the Chiefs. Out there. The I'm Chiefs if they them. need to, they're they're quite aware that he's legit. He's a top tier running back already. And also, when you say that Josh Allen struggled to the pass, I think most people are going to struggle, especially in that weather that it was Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Windy and rainy, agreed. like even Mahomes at times didn't look very sharp. But agreed. I think the Jets are a complete dumpster fire, and this this has to be like the nail in the coffin on Adam Gase's career in New York, but. You said that. this for three weeks in a row. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Eventually, I've been saying you'll that get it for right. Three weeks, but like, he he knows something about the like the front office that they refuse to fire him. But 
No, but you're not wrong. That's the kind of the whole argument I had last week against taking the Miami Dolphins minus eight and a half against uh, the Jets is because the Jets are a complete dumpster fire. So I think is, I, I the Jets are be able to score. <laughs> I think they find plus, the end zone, I think they find the end zone a couple times. At plus thirteen and a half, it's almost begging you to take the Jets, and I think they're going to keep begging. I've already you to done take that like Jets. twice this year with like the big big spread <laughs> against the Jets, and I've gotten. Hose on it both times. Gotten hosed. Yeah, it's almost it's almost begging you. Like it's, it's like two touchdowns. The Bills just look bad. Like, come on, put put your money on the come Jets. on, bet the Jets. Hey, hey, give me bet a little the Jets. Bit. No, I'm staying away from it until it's until it's <laughs> back down to to single digits, uh, and then I'll start betting on their opponents. Um, but no, I like a I like a bounce back game from the Bills too. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting into bounce back games. Uh, my uh, are we doing are we doing easy money? We're doing easy money, right? Yes. yes. We're doing easy money. My easy money pick is the Cowboys against the Washington football team. And I'm not in love with it. Interesting. But this is coming off a really bad Monday night football loss to, to, the, um, to the Cardinals, right? So for me, and this, for me, they looked like crap, right? And then for everybody else, they looked like crap as well, right? So I'm all aboard the bounce back, uh, the bounce back Dallas Cowboys kind of getting embarrassed at home and them going out and talking crap about their head coach. Like this is, this is Dallas plus one. They're, it's a they're Dallas dumpster fire. Two weeks ago, they talked about how they didn't put any effort in on defense. Yeah. But giving points to the Washington football team, like, no, absolutely not. Well, you still have to look like coaching aside. You still have to look at the talent that's on the offensive side of the ball. We can discuss the defense and they're being inept another time, but like, when you're going against um, Kyle Allen and Terry McLaurin and maybe a little bit of Antonio Gibson on Washington, like I, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. I don't think Dallas should be getting a point here. Um, I think they run them out of the, they run them out of their own. Uh, they run Washington out of their own building. Um, I'm all aboard the bounce back Dallas Cowboys. This okay. Week. Here's me being devil's advocate again. Um so I was ta- this is another game I was talking about before we started. The mm-hmm. record for the most points allowed in a single season is the 1981 Baltimore Colts, who allowed 533 points. Right That's a now, lot of points. huh? It's a lot of points. Okay, so this year the 2020 Dallas Cowboys are on pace to give up 581 points. So that is approximately approximately 50 points more than the record. So also obviously, a lot of points. okay. So now you talk about. I know you mentioned about the offense about how. The offense is obviously better than the, the Washington football team, which is true. Um, but with Dak, since the start of last year, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are averaging 7.6 yards per pass, which is the league best. But with Andy Dalton last week, they averaged 3.9 yards per pass, which is the third worst. The Dallas Cowboys are 0-6 this year. The only other team 0-6 this year is the New York football Jets. Against the spread, so, that is. So against they're, No, they're the, also yeah, – yeah, they're 0-6 against the spread, yep. No, those are – the Jets and the, the Cowboys are the only team 0-6 against the spread. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have the 32nd-ranked defense. You think the Jets' defense is bad? You should look at the Dallas Cowboys' defense. <laughs> well, um, I know they're bad. The Zach Martin might not be playing, so you're looking at a big game from Chase Young. Um, that that I mean, I, I just don't believe in Dallas' defense. And I I mean, one point is, is, isn't enough for me. I want to tease this game up to Washington plus seven. I think Washington keeps it close. 
right. that's fair. That's I, fair. I'm, yeah, I'll I'll give you that one. I just I just don't think Dallas in a in a shootout scenario, like if both defenses give it up and one mm-hmm. offense can't keep up with the other, I, I I'm just buying a bounce back game. And I think yeah. another week of like first team reps for Dalton will do. Mm-hmm. We'll sure, give him a little boost sure. this week. All right, Nick, I'll give you a break from talking. I'll let you close it out. I'll take my pick. Um, <laughs> I have something going, to say. Huh? I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. okay. New, the New Jersey devil. <laughs> um, all right, so my lock of the week is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers minus seven and a half at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, you're taking my route now. <laughs> Look, yeah, I know. Sam has a tradition of picking against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just feel like Smart. it's your – you're stupid if you don't, um, especially this week. I think the Chargers are the best one in four team in the league. Um, they have a history dating back to either last year or definitely last year, maybe even the year before, of losing extremely close games, like between a field goal by one point. Like it's ridiculous. Teams, so. It's just their history. It's just it's, it's just yeah. Chargers history. They do this every year. History so, repeats itself, though. Mm-hmm. History does repeat itself, but I mean, I don't think that's the case because you look at their team at a one in four record right now. Um, they beat Cincinnati in uh, Burrow's debut, which I feel like they should have. Um, then they lost to the Chiefs by only three points in week two. Then Covered. lost to Carolina by five. Um, lost to Tampa by seven, who's a good team. And they lost to the Saints by three, who are also a good team. Um, Justin Herbert's really coming into his own here. And, I mean, I, I it's a shame that they're one and four because I feel like once they get Eckler back, they're going to really be able to make a run. Cause that's just a completely new dimension to their offense that they're missing. And the Jaguars offense is or their offensive line is absolutely compromised. It is not good whatsoever. That chargers defensive line is going to be able to get pressure all day on Gardner Minshew, force him into mistakes. It, I just feel like this is very lopsided. The only thing that freaks me out a little bit here is the hook. I would try to get it under seven. Um, it's sitting at seven and a half now, but I, I'm pretty confident that they get this done. So Chargers minus seven and a half is going to be my easy money. Well, even if you have to buy it down to six and a half, you're looking at probably minus 140, 130 odds. If you buy yeah. it down on FanDuel mm-hmm. or something like that. And if that makes you, if, I mean, take, take the hit on the money for a, almost a guaranteed touchdown win, you know? Exactly. Now, no, I, I agree with you. Both of these teams are pretty bad against the spread. Um, well, the Chargers are 4-13-1 against the spread in their last 18 home games. 3-1. and one. Yeah, huh? but they're 4-1 they're against spread this year. Okay, but we're talking about home because they're playing home. So they're four I mean, Justin Herbert well, hasn't existed, so. Four of their 13 losses have come when they were favored by more than six points. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are 2-8 and eight against the spread in their last 10 um, against play, uh, when playing in the West Coast. But when you're making a point about – but Los Angeles Chargers defense reigning king in this game, you are not wrong. Um, their de- their defensive line is, is good. Their secondary is very good. Um, so I, I agree. I don't personally want to touch this game because I could see uh, Jacksonville having a sneaky backdoor cover. I mean, look, Jacksonville's one in five. They've but when you compare a one in five team with the one in four team like the Chargers. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts week one, lost to the Titans by three, which is probably their best loss of the year. Um, they got routed by Miami 31-13. They lost to the Bengals 33-25. They lost by 16 to Houston, who's got superstars, but not a great team by any means. And then they lost to Detroit uh, last week on Sunday, um, 34-16. So they're not really being competitive. They haven't been since maybe 
week two again week, week, week one two, or week two yeah. yeah and then they just kind of fell off so i feel like this is a these are two teams trending in opposite directions herbert's figuring it out the jags are really trending down so i'm comfortable with a uh, touchdown spread here all right so i guess i get to finish off a lock of the week uh my lock of the week is going to be green bay minus three and a half against houston um Green Bay is coming off of a really tough loss against the Tampa Bay Bucks on primetime. Uh, in general, well, th- not in general, but in that game, um, the offensive line gave up 12 QB pressures. But prior to that, so the, pa- the first five weeks, the Green Bay Packers offensive line gave up a total of 20 pressures. And then last week, they gave up 12. So obviously, last week was probably an outlier. Um, Tampa Bay's defense is actually performing pretty well this year. We'll probably get some I'll get into it later in the podcast when we talk about Monday night. Um, but Green Bay is playing a Houston defense that really isn't that good. Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. Um, in general, Green Bay is 4-1 against the spread this season, and they're 7-4 and against the spread after a loss, which is third best in the league since 2018. Um, they're 8-2 against the spread against AFC teams in general. And, and Houston just really isn't good this year. You know, they're 2-2. They're Statistic-wise, they're 2-7-1 against the spread their last 10 um, against NFC East or NFC teams, um, and they're 1-5 against the spread in general this year. But you just look up this team. You just look at these two teams on paper, and you look at the offense and, and the firepower that um, Aaron Rodgers has as opposed to what Deshaun Watson has. Um, and even the defenses. Green Bay's defense is actually pretty – you know, they, they got a pretty solid defense this year. Uh, they can hang, and all they really have to do is kind of slow down Deshaun Watson a little bit and, you know, not be, not like Kenny Stills take the top off of the defense, and they'll be okay. Um, I, see, I see Aaron Rodgers throwing for four touchdowns this game and just kind of going off and kind of reminding everybody who he is and that he deserves to be in the conversation for one of the uh, arguably one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league this year. I'm with you 100%. I was going to throw them in as my make the case. So I have nothing against you, and I completely agree with everything you just said. So, Great. Cool. All right. Um, let's move on to make the case. Um, I will kick it off here, and I don't love it, but I'm going to do it. Um, I have the Cleveland Browns minus three against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's in Cincinnati. I. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. I really think that he's going to be a great, great player in this league, but he doesn't have the team around him yet. Um, it's just, it's one of those things like the Bengals have not been very exciting and the Browns. I mean, I, I've cited it almost every single time we've mentioned their name on this show. They have the superstars. They have the players. Um, Baker Mayfield kind of humbled my opinion a little bit last week. Um, but look, I, this is a game the Browns should win. I, I feel like they're four and two at this point, and this is just something that they should get done. Like this is a rookie quarterback. I know Baker Mayfield's not much better. Burrow arguably might be a better passer, or definitely is a better passer. Might be a better, better overall quarterback at this point. But I, I, I just take the surrounding cast of Cleveland and their defense, defensive superstars, and the way that they can get pressure on the defensive line with Miles Garrett. Um, and pretty much it. I'm gonna go with the Browns. I'm gonna call. Three. I'm gonna call this game a media game, right? And this is what's gonna happen if the Browns win and they stomp them out of the building. The media is gonna be like, 
what kind of Browns, like this is what the Browns team could be. Like, look what they did against this team. They're yep. good. Here we go again. Look at the stars they have. Look what Odell did. Look what Jarvis Landry did. Look at Baker Mayfield when he's able to stand upright and not throwing into double coverage while holding his ribs. Um, and if they lose, it's going to be the exact opposite. The is going to be, oh, my microphone is still. Um, there we go. If they lose, the Browns are gonna. It, it, the the media is gonna be like, "What's wrong with the Browns? Do they need to make trades? Like, what could, what else can go wrong with this team? Is Baker the option?" Um. So I think I I, I I'm with you. I think the Browns are, are are an easy pick here. Um. But you made the case for them, so I I gotta I gotta back you up. Cool. Um. Wait. Before we keep going, I'm gonna throw statistics at you. Let's see it. Throw those numbers at me, baby. Cincinnati. In their mm. last 12 games against the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. they are 10 and 2 against the spread. All right, so Nick, you, you, I, I get the statistics, but I feel like but to like, a certain it's, extent, it's they're a helpful. Totally different team. It's yeah, it's complete. Like you need to kind of assess but, the relevance but, but, but of the historical data. Okay, so week two. I mean, like ten, ten, I'm saying, like 10 and like 10 and 2 in the last 12. Like that first game, that's six years ago. Okay, so fine. Week two. They, they covered, covered a six-point spread. They, they covered five and a half. Joe Burrow was in high school when that stat began to be recorded. <laughs> it's just like – In general, Cleveland is one and eight against the spread in their last nine row games. So, go ahead. What does that have to say about Baker? Uh, this is just a paper matchup, and like Mano said, I mean, I feel like it's, it's very, very clear spread. cut. It's, I, think, I think Burrow could win this football game. The Swiss cheese could. offense could. line for Sanders. I said could. I, I said could. I didn't say he will. I said he big. could. That's fair. All right, let's pass it on. Let's keep it moving. Who's up? Sam, you want go ahead, Sam. Sam's lagging. How about you go, Nick? Um, God, I got I got a couple. Real- All right, so okay, we Sam just Zach. got. <laughs> All right, Nick, go. No, Sam's back. Go ahead, brother. Am I actually back? You're actually You're back. back now, kind of. Yeah, my, 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 my internet's being a little piece of shit right now, but right, I'll Nick. try to get this in real quick. Um, right, go for it. So we just – Oh, God. <laughs> now, you're messing right. now you're messing with them. So we just got done talking about, like, oh, stop betting against Patrick Mahomes, right? You're going to do it. So – I'm going to be going with Denver plus nine and a half this week against the Chiefs at mile high. Okay. Oh, I got this same reaction like three, four weeks ago when in the same kind of thing on the road, 430, CBS, Tony Romo's there when they barely sweeped out a win against the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. Now, that was at home, actually. But still, I think – the team, like, is starting to get a little more healthier. The Denver Broncos with Drew Locke back at quarterback. Um, I think Bradley Chubb should be playing this week again. And the defense is starting to look pretty solid in Denver. And I think just mile high is a tough place to go and win, let alone cover a nine-and-a-half, ten-point spread, whatever you're looking at. I think that's just a lot of points. And this is kind of like one of those games after a big win against the, um, the like, a, a good Bills team. Kind of a not a letdown, but you know, Denver will hang with them. Divisional matchup. I could see, you know, I think nine, ten points, whatever you get is too much. And Nick, I can already you... see Nick is like 
Edge has a problem with right every now. pick that's not his own. Before you before you fight Sam on on betting uh, against Pat Mahomes, I'd like to put in there in full disclosure: we are not disclosure. We are not a, a an anti Chiefs or an anti Pat Mahomes gambling <laughs> podcast because I think I think our credibility would be down the tubes if we bet against Pat Mahomes every like, week. I feel um, like someone does though, like every week. I mean. It's you're not just betting against Pat Mahomes, but you're betting against Andy Reid. Andy Reid is 21, 10 and one against the spread against divisional opponents, and that dates back to Broncos teams that are better than the ones. What, that what they about have this now. year, though? I don't care about this year. You want to talk about better Broncos? Well, like about- against the division this year, like spread wise, they're 0 and two. Okay, but like, I don't talk- care what you did for me like in the past. What are you doing for me now? Hmm. And this year, their two divisional games, they won 23-20 against the Chargers in overtime, and they got kind of the break speed off of them against the Raiders at home. I guess that's why we call this segment Make the Case. Yeah, no, I'm, I – What's Mile High without the fans? What is Mile High without the fans? The altitude. Altitude. The altitude, yeah. <laughs> the altitude plus the fans. So now yeah, no, the, no, that, no the, the main thing is the altitude. Why, Nick, you think they need the fans to suck the air out of the stadium or something? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Generally, I do. I think, I think nine and a half, ten, whatever you're looking at is just too much. I think it's yeah, a lot it's of points. Too, okay, go ahead. Man, I'll, I'll it is a lot of case. points. Man, I'll make your case. Make um, I'm going to make the case for the, uh, for, the, for the Seahawks and Cardinals. Um, well, for the Seahawks against the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking yeah, – my bad. Uh, it's, it's Seahawks minus three and a half coming off a of bye week against the Cardinals who just played on Monday. Um, I don't think the short week coming from Monday to Sunday really plays that big of a deal. Um, but I think the Cowboys gave the Seahawks the blueprint on what not to do against Arizona. And obviously um, – I, I put a lot more. Uh, I put I put a lot more of my uh, my stock in in Russell Wilson than I do uh, um, Andy Dalton. So for me, I, I see the Seattle team, and I know I said last week that the Packers were the best uh, the best team in the NFC, but I'm going to pretend I didn't say that because they just got the break speed off them. But now the Seahawks, best team in football or best team in the NFC at least, um, three and a half. Not enough points for me to, to, to stay away from this one. Even if this comes down to, like, a last-minute scenario where, like, the Seahawks are down and, like, you need Russell Wilson to go up the field and score a touchdown, I, I think three-and-a-half is, is, is a good number for, uh, for the Seahawks team. So, I think that one's uh, – I'm, I'm making the case for the Seahawks. This is the only pick I might agree with all day for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's tough too because the 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 Cardinals the Cardinals defense is is really good. They're they're better than. Wait wait I wait, wait wait. Can they're, we plug a clip in there from last week about him saying how bad yeah. the Cardinals defense is, and then yeah. he just said how good yeah. he is. Yeah, and then they, and then they curb stop the Cowboys. That's how that's how like numbers and stats work. You play well and you go up. Now they're 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 pretty good. They're better. Th- I I will give them credit where credit is due. They they have been a lot better than I expected them to be, and than I have given them credit for. Um, but I don't think it matters against Russell Wilson. Um, I don't think it matters as much against Russell Wilson than it did against Andy Dalton. Um, and this is a Seahawks defense that isn't as good as, you know, we've seen in years past and everyone's going to be like, this isn't the Legion of boom team. It's like, obviously that was six years ago, but I just think if this is a high scoring game, I, I would rather take the, I would rather take the Seahawks to win by three and a half than, than hope and pray that the Arizona can keep up with them. You know, I think it's a good, I'm with you. Anyone, too. Yeah. 
I mean, I, you could see, I could see Seattle just blowing the brakes off of Arizona and just not even. Worrying. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's possible coming off a bye. I, I like a different the, team every week. Yeah, I like. I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the bye bump. You know, like if you're coming mm-hmm. off a bye, like I, I'm, I'm more confident that you're going to win the game at, at the very least, cover the spread. In this case, Seattle has to do both, obviously, but, um, three and a half points for me is, is, is easy money. All right, so. All right, Nick. I, my make the case this week is going to be uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers plus oh, what do we have, man? I, I have them right now. Anything is ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus one money line minus one um, anything. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win this football game outright, and I don't really think it's too close. Uh, I'll start with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so the Tennessee Titans they lose their starting left tackle and Tyler, Tyler Lewin, which is a huge hit to the team mm-hmm. uh, because he was giving up the fewest uh, quarterback pressures in the league um and, and <clears throat> but i mean I, I guess the bright spot of their offense or the really uh the the cornerstone of their offense is derrick henry so derrick henry has 40 442 yards after contact which would in general by itself rank third in total rushing yards so they it's 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 the derrick henry show there and if you stop him you make tyler uh i'm sorry you make ryan Tannehill throw the football which he got ousted out of Miami for a reason. He can make the throws, you know, maybe. Oh, you're reaching now. You're, you're reaching. really reaching there, You're bud. reaching now. Okay, so Tennessee, their offense has feasted off of poor defenses, and they, all the teams that they've beat have had bottom five. They've played defenses that are bottom five in total efficiency. So they clearly can't – are having trouble – or they can have success against bad defenses, which it should happen. But when they did play a good defense, which is – they're, the best defense they played was the Denver Broncos defense, which is the sixth rank in efficiency on the defensive side of the football. They only put up 16 points. Um, so you already look at a, a jump from uh, Tennessee, give, you know, scoring around 30 points, 30 points a game when they play really bad defenses all the way to 16 when they play a half-decent defense. Um, so we, I talked about Tyler Lewin and his absence in this offense in the offensive line. You're already looking at, Pittsburgh defense, who was arguably the best defense in the league, who was first in rushing defense, second in efficiency. Um, they're first in giving up yards per carry. Uh, they lead the NFL in pressure rate at 50%, and no team has ever finished over 50% since 2006. All they have to do is stop Derrick Henry, and they're going to be fine. Um, ben Roethlisberger looks comfortable. He's got Chase Claypool. He's finally got a big, a big target he could throw to. They have a good two-headed monster in the backfield with James Conner, Benny Snell. Uh, their tight ends are actually pretty decent. Eric Ebron's producing. They have Vance McDonald. Juju Smith-Schuster is still there. They're getting James Washington back. I think this Pittsburgh team is fully loaded to make a full a deep run in the AFC playoffs. Uh, I think they have more firepower than the Tennessee Titans can handle. I do think they win this football game. I – I'm a big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, and the the the, the defense is the obvious thing. Obviously, Watt, Dupree, to it. Um, they did lose Devin Bush, which is yeah, a, and that hurts. That's loss. that that really stinks. But um, the the offensive side of the ball for them is is kind of what scares me. And it's not that they're not like talented because we we've seen what they can do. Obviously, Claypool is a is a different is a different beast, and like Juju Smith Schuster, like we've seen what he can do in the past. But like for the past two years hasn't really been a huge factor. He's been a good wide receiver, but he hasn't been like 
rookie year Juju Smith-Schuster where everyone was projecting him to be like a, a top 10 wide receiver in the league someday. I don't know if it's like a usage thing or if like Ben Roethlisberger, if like their offense is limited by, um, by Ben Roethlisberger's ability. It's, it's, it, it, it's weird because this trust, offense can put up. Do you trust Pittsburgh's offensive weapons or, okay, passing weapons, or do you trust Tennessee's passing weapons? Tennessee I don't think it's that much of a disparity than the as you we- think. The weapons yeah. are kind of a toss up. Like, yeah, you really think so? Did AJ Brown die? Like they, they have AJ Brown. Corey Davis is still on the COVID IR, so it's AJ Brown, Adam Humphreys. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's really it. You're right. And you have, you're right. You're not. And Johnu Smith. You can't forget about Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith. It wasn't a joke. It was not a joke. He might not play. Yeah, but they got Frisker, first fris, Frisker, Frisk, whatever, man. See, he put up exactly points last week. Whatever, man. That's yeah, but no. I'd put AJ Brown above both Juju and Claypool. I probably would as well. Okay, but um, now you have him guarded by Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. I mean, come on. That's a good point. I I, I think right this there. I think this Pittsburgh offense can stand to do more. I don't know if they're afraid to because of um because of Ben Roethlisberger's either ability or age or something like that, or if they're just comfortable squeaking by, that's the only thing that concerns me. I think that Pittsburgh defense is good enough to beat anybody. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm with offense to, to maybe under 20. Uh, okay. So you hold the offense to under 20 points. I think Pittsburgh has more than enough ability to score over 20 points. Sure. And I mean, that's, yeah. And if you're, if you're only, if you're giving them one point, that's, that's all they got to do is basically just win the game. So I am with you with on Pittsburgh. Just, I I think you're writing off Tennessee Yeah, I mean, as a little too easily, but I, I do think Pittsburgh is, I think at this point, the best team in football. And I think the case can be made. Sure. Yeah. I, I would, I would put them right now. Like my power rankings, if I put Pittsburgh number one, and, and they, they, they'll win this game, but I think you're, Kind of, kind Listen, of I got, I got underplaying the skill of Tennessee. I got to taint the skill of Tennessee to make the case for Pittsburgh. Eh, fair. Sure. <laughs> I, I have uh, like an opposite oh, mindset okay. on this. Like, I, Tennessee could possibly be a better team than Pittsburgh is. Like, it's not that far-fetched. That's the thing. Like, I wouldn't put Pittsburgh above a team like the Chiefs. If you're talking about balanced, yes, Pittsburgh's more balanced in terms of offense and defense, but there are much better teams in the league than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I'd put the Ravens above them. I'd put the Chiefs above them. And I could even sit here and give you a pretty decent argument as to why the Tennessee Titans are above them. And this game is in Tennessee, so – Yeah, with, uh, with what, 2,000 fans? It's the travel, though. That's the thing. It's not just the noise. Pittsburgh, I, I don't Tennessee, know. come on. You get on a bus, you get on a plane, you relax. These guys are used to it. They're not traveling cross-country, so I'm not really nervous. All right. I, th- I mean, that's why we're making the case. If we're if we're gonna put yeah. an argument about it, it's probably about as good as make the cases we're gonna get here. So mm-hmm. it's true. All right, let's All move right. on to Sunday night. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Las Vegas Raiders um, in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Uh, the line is currently Tampa Bay minus three and a half. It opened up at minus two. Uh, total opened up at fifty three and a half. It's now sitting at fifty two. Um, uh, this is going to be a good game. I think it's an easy pick for me after seeing how Tampa Bay played last week. Um, I <laughs> Look, Vegas coming off a bye with John Gruden scares me a tiny bit. They're at home. I feel like all of the logistics play into their favor 
in that regard. But when you, Tom Brady starts to heat up, I feel like you don't bat an eye, especially when he has a defense behind him that he's used to having because he had it in New England and he has it here now. I just think if Tampa Bay can stop the run, which they do very well, um, Darren Waller and Ruggs are really their other options. And I feel like their linebacking core is very suited to stop Darren Waller with a guy, a guy like Levante David. You have Devin White, who's a rookie, um, quick guy playing on the inside. He can cover a tight end. Um, and then you have Sean Murphy bunting. You have Antoine Winfield Jr. It's just a very young secondary that is quick and able to cover the speed of Ruggs probably as best as you can because he is maybe the top three fastest guy in the league, if not fastest the fastest man alive. Um, <laughs> I, I just really – still don't fully trust the Raiders offense. And I know they showed that they can beat a team like the chiefs. Um, they beat the saints, but they also dropped to Buffalo and new England and only put up 23 and 20 points respectively. So yeah, I'm going to ride the Brady train here. I'm curious to see what you guys think, because I feel like it's not so clear cut, but I don't know. This is the Raiders prove it game, right? Now yeah. you can make the argument that the Chiefs game was their prove it game because it was like in division and uh, and you know whatever other argument you're going to make here. Um they just put Trent Brown on the COVID list. Uh and you get on that list if you or somebody that you live with or have been in close proximity with has tested positive, right? And he's probably one of the best tackles in the league. That hurts when you're going against a defensive line that boasts Shaq Barrett, uh, Ndamukong Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David coming up the gut. Um, that That's tough for them to, to withstand that. I don't think – I don't think the Raiders are ready for this one, even coming off a bye. I, I got to take the – I got to take the Buccaneers minus four. Um, or what, what did we say it was? Three and a half? Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. I, I see this as I see this as probably like a five or five and a half. I, I, so if I can get that, it gets there though. Huh? I think eventually it will get there. I, I think so. Yeah. So if you can, so if I can take this now at three and a half, or mm-hmm. even you know it opened at two, so like I, I feel comfortable. I don't know if the the Vegas is buying the Buccaneers offense yet there, but when you've got a guy like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who are getting healthier by the week. And Tom Brady throwing passes and a decent running back and Ronald Jones. I, I, I don't, I don't know why this is three and a half. I'm gonna take the Buccaneers here. I feel like it's just the home field three point swing because that would sit Possibly. it right at like six and a half, six. Another thing to look at here is is Vegas is five and zero. Oh. Uh, all all of uh, their over unders. So all uh, every single one of their games have gone over. Oh, um, it's, I love the over. So if you're looking at this and right now, what are we, what are we sitting at right now? We're sitting at 52 and a half, 53, 52, 52. Yeah, I like that. that, I mean, that's, that's, I, I can take that. And this is, this is a Buccaneers defense. That's probably the best in the league. Uh, at least I think, at least by DVOA, which is a stat by football outsiders. And it's not, it's really not even close to whoever's in second. Uh, they're also second in interceptions and sacks. So I just think that defense is going to be too much for Derek Carr, even though he doesn't turn the ball over. They're going to be punting a lot. Bet the over on punts, too. I want to take the over. No, not the over. The Raiders so, so bad. It's tough. It it really is tough. I think, like, as of where the line stands now, I do got to go with the Bucs. But I'm going to wait and see, like, 
where this line goes. Because if it gets to five or six, I think at that point I would take the Raiders. And I think, like, I'll post that on Sunday. But Mm -hmm. if I'm going to make a pick right now and it's not going to be a spread, I'm going to take over 52. That is, like, my official pick for this game. I think that although, like, they put up 30 against, say, against the Packers, the offense is starting to find its legs. I mean, you're saying with with those two big receivers, and they're getting Gronk in the mix too on Sunday, which is shocking. Which is the first time team. really all season, like he's yeah. that he looks solid. And Ronald Jones is a very, very I think a, a very solid running back, and especially if Fournette's also healthy this week. I don't know if he is or not, but not really. yeah, even if he's not playing, like he's still a viable option in the backfield. Ronald Jones is, and. I think the Raiders – I think, like, the strength in the that defense on the uh, Buck side is that front seven. They're going to get – they're going to get pressure on you and make you – make mistakes, which Derek Carr has yet to do this year. I think he still has zero picks. He has one last week, I think. Did he throw yeah. one? He'll throw another one this one week. week. He'll throw another one this week. But I think, like, a – would it be like a 31-24 game? That's that's what, 55 points? And I think that's low ball on how many points can be scored in this game. All right, well, I guess I got to play contrarian here, and <laughs> I'm kind of happy to do it, but I am going to take the Las Vegas Raiders plus three and a half. Um, you know what? I'm with you, Nick. <laughs> I, I, I like the Las Vegas Raiders this year. And I would absolutely think about sprinkling some jaunts on that, on their yeah. money line. Um, I really like what the Raiders have done this year and how they've kind of come out and proven everybody wrong. Um, everyone kind of wrote off their team and, and said, oh, Derek Carr isn't the answer and John Gruden can't, isn't worth $100 million and this and that. Um, I mean, yeah, granted their record is 3-2, and two, but they be, they've only lost uh, – they've only faced one team with under a 500 record, and that was the New England Patriots. Um, they beat New they beat New Orleans, they beat Carolina, and they hung 40 up on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so obviously their offense is there, and their offense can click. The offense, uh, the mind of John Gruden, I think, is what kind of puts this over for me. Um, John Gruden's been watching Tom Brady for how long as an analyst and how long as a coach. Um, he's been analyzing him on ESPN. He's been analyzing him on primetime football, and he knows what Tom Brady does. And he knows what Tom Brady's going to do. Now you're talking about an aged Tom Brady. Um, who probably sells himself out a little bit more than he used to. I think he has enough to draw up a decent defensive scheme to kind of keep uh, Tom Brady in check. Now, I'm not going to deny the Tampa Bay defense uh, because they're first in their coverage grade. They're, first, they're second in their passing uh, pass rush grade. Uh, they have the league's best defense. Their defense is obviously there, but that doesn't mean um, a defense – can fall. I mean, I think everybody here would rather have, I mean, I would rather have Pittsburgh's defense um, over Tampa Bay's defense just in in general. Um, I mean, statistics don't mean everything, but I I just don't think their defense holds up. Brady in general has lost five straight primetime games. Um, He also, in all of those five straight games that he's lost, he's gone 0-5 against the spread. Uh, Four of those losses did come with the Patriots and one came with the Bucs. Um, he did hang, you know, a decent amount up on the, the Green Bay Packers last week. But inconsistency hasn't, has been a problem for this Tampa Bay team. Um, you know, th- they came out 
and they looked all right the first couple weeks, and then they lost to the Bears, and then they beat down the, the, the Green Bay Packers. So what kind of Tampa Bay team are we going to get on Sunday night? That's kind of what I think. I know what I'm going to get from the Las Vegas Raiders. I know I'm going to get a hard-fought game on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Derek Carr seems like, I mean, he's not doing good, but he's doing more than enough. You know, him only throwing one interception through six games is pretty crazy. Um, you know, last year he's throwing picks left and right, two, three a game, and now he's kind of putting up the, the points. Um, the Raiders in general are averaging 8.2 yards per pass attempt, which is the fifth, fifth highest in the league. Uh, the, Ra the Vegas Raiders are 4-0 in prime time games, going 4-0 against the spread. Um, again, Vegas's defense isn't outstanding like Tampa Bay's defense is, but I like the offensive mind and just the overall mindset of John Gruden here. And I think coming off of a bye week, he not only had a week to prepare. I mean, he watched what uh, Tom Brady did last week and was able to listen. We've all seen him on ESPN. We've all seen him dry, uh, you know, draw on the screen and do the QB rooms and stuff like that. And he's just a genius. And, and I think he draws up a great scheme. And I think the Vegas Raiders cover and could possibly win this football game. For right. $1,000 to any of you guys. Can you name the Raiders' offensive and defensive coordinators? No, but it doesn't matter. It's John Gruden. Both are John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. It's an, I had no idea either, and I, I, I like to think I'm pretty good at at, at least main guys across sports. Uh, their defensive coordinator is an individual named Paul Gunther, uh, who has had stints in Oakland for the past three years before uh, prior to that, he was in Cincinnati under Marvin Lewis, their offensive coordinator is an individual named Greg Olson, uh, who has been the Raiders offensive coordinator for three years prior. He was in Jacksonville and Oakland again. Cool. So I was just curious. I just, I, you know, throw a thousand bucks on the line. Listen, that I know I can, but, but that like I know I can way, retain. The way that you, uh, the way that Mano and Sick talked about this game, I mean, you guys didn't really sound too confident that the Raiders. I'm not. I'm not. The Bucks are going to blow the, the wheels off. And that's another, I mean, that makes me feel good when I feel take, taking the Raiders plus three and a half. Because this is an easy, I mean, this makes me mm -hmm. feel good when, when I think the Raiders, it's going to come down to the last possession. And I think the Raiders, all I got to do is kick a field goal to win the football game. What? What it comes down to me, and, and you're right, I, I wasn't necessarily, I'm not necessarily confident, and I, I want to take the Raiders, but the difference for me is the talent on both sides of the ball that the Buccaneers have, right? And would say what you want about like Tom Brady, like what, whether you think he's washed or he's still a good quarterback is whatever. When they have Godwin and Evans and Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and Ronald Jones on that offense, like that's that's pretty good for me. And then on the defensive end of the side, uh, the defensive side of the ball, we can talk about, you know, we talked about Pierre Paul, we talked about Shaq Barrett, um, and Dominican Sue. Their corners are, their corners are young and they're underrated and they've really built that defense the right way. And I like a lot, I like Todd Bowles a lot, especially as a defensive coordinator, not so much a coach. Um, but as a defensive coordinator, I, I just like the talent and the production that they have a bit more. That's the only difference for me. All right, so there you have it, Sunday night. Um, let's move on to Monday night. We have the Chicago Bears visiting the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. Uh, line opened at Rams minus seven. It's now Rams minus six. The spread opened at 47. It's now 45, or the, the total, rather. Um, this is an easy one for me. Um, it's Bears too are, easy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I wanted, to make, I wanted to make this my lock of the week, but I really wanted to save it for Monday night. I really did. But I don't blame you. 
Go ahead. Because I think that this is so. This is you're dumb. You're dumb if you're not taking Chicago here. Go ahead, six. The bear. No, the Bears are. Look, I'm. Everything I'm going to say is completely in line with your little comments. But like, the NFC North belongs to the Bears at the moment. They're five and one. Um, going into Week Seven, they. I mean, Trubisky started them off pretty well. I think he was. They were three and one when he got benched. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles has taken the reins, and I mean, I've seen like two or three press conferences that he's had where he, this guy's on a mission. Like, he's always been, like, a very good team guy from what I understand. But, like, he's showing some emotion, some fire, and, like, he truly believes in this Bears team. So, I mean, you're getting a touchdown on the road. The Rams haven't – like, they're, they sit at 4-2 and two this year. They're they haven't us. impressed me. Get, like, guess, it, guess who all four of their wins have come against? The NFC yeah, I mean, we talked least. about this. We talked about the this NFC already. East, bro. They, they can't win – t- they haven't won against a team that's over 500. Yeah, I mean, are, they should have beat – if there was a game for them to show that they're a team that still belongs, it was last week against San Fran. And they looked bad. They looked bad. They, got they, got they looked really bad. And mm-hmm. it's really – it's not even their defense because their line is getting pressure. Um, the, the offense is just not doing well. Like, they're, they're not scoring points. And it rem- the way the Rams' offense is operating this year, scoring 16 against San Fran, um, they put up 30 against Washington, only 17 on the Giants – um, they played a back-and-forth game with Buffalo, put up 32. And they put up 37 against Phillies, a bad team. And then they put up only 20 against a really bad Dallas defense in week one. This, it, they remind me a lot of the way we're typically used to seeing the Giants offense operate, where you got to really struggle to break 20 points. Sometimes you get to, like, that 35-point game, and then you're just right back to even, and you kind of just ride the line. That's what they're doing. And I feel like this Bears defense is just a really, really, really bad mismatch for that Rams offense. Yeah, um, I'm going to go in real quick because I've been riding the Bears. I think I've rode, rode them the past four or five weeks straight, and this is going to be the sixth week straight that I'm going to ride the Bears. Um, Nick rides Bears. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Listen, give me give me the keys to the Chicago Bears. Give me the and, keys to the Bears. Please. Um, the Bears are 5-1. and one, So anybody who predicted the Bears to go 5-1, and one, you're out of your mind. You're lying. Is You're lying. <laughs> yeah. But not only are they five and one, but they've won all their five games. They've won. You've seen them win a variety of ways. They had the comeback win when Foles came in against the Atlanta Falcons. They keep games close, and they they beat teams just strictly by defense. Um, we we talk. Uh, Stick talked about their defense, and their defense is their strength, which is a cost, which is the Bears. How the Bears work. Uh, so their defense is able to kind of keep them in the loop while their offense, you know, can stutter step because Nick Foles isn't a, a, a superb superstar. I mean, he gets the job done, but he's not going to put the team over the top. But their defense is what keeps them in the game. Bears defense, they're fifth in points allowed per drive. They're second in third down conversion rate, and they're first in red zone success rate. So their defense is there. Their defense is stout. And the Rams are – my whole thing with the Rams are they're four and one, but all their wins have come against the NFC East. For rods, two. Yeah. They're, they're four and two, but all their wins have come against the NFC East. Yeah. We talk about how bad the NFC East is, top to bottom, and in general, the, the Bears are they're a good team this year. Their defense is consistently pressuring the quarterback. Goff can't handle pressure. Allen Robinson on the offensive side of the ball, he has a league-high 65 targets and a league-high zero drops. So their offense is there, whether it's on one person or whether it's on three people between Allen Robinson, um, you have Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, Jimmy Graham, uh, David Montgomery. Nick Foles is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, whether you want to give it to him or not. He won the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl deservingly. 
You have made to the, give it to him. Ran it, ran, ran the table in the playoffs. It's not just mm-hmm. one that showed up, won the Super Bowl. It was showed up like forty three in, the, in yeah. the Super Bowl, whatever I, it was. I just, I just think this is an absolute no brainer. This is the easiest one that I've ever had to pick the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears in, and I, I think that the Rams are sitting ducks at the end of this game. And that that Bears defense has just gotten better and better as the season's gone on. The Bears like, are good. The yeah. Bears are good. They just I never like really I good. like Bears money line in this game. Yes. And yeah. the, I would, I, would I think I'm looking at over or under 45 as well. I don't see a lot of points being scored. Um, either side because the Rams again offenses can go stagnant, especially against. I mean, the Bears make everyone look kind of subpar Silly. offensively. So. And I don't. I think the Rams' defense is still solid, and I think the Bears' def, the Bears' offense is nothing really to you know write home about. The they're they're the enough. They're enough. Like you know, the with, Rams' defense. You can only legitimately really name three or four people on that defense between Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and if you know who Joe Johnson is, that's some pretty good guys though. <laughs> Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson. See, I can't even name his name right. Taylor Rapp, too, in that secondary. That's Joe I liked him coming out of college. So. I'm pretty sure it's Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Oh, it's Joe Johnson? Yeah. Like Brooklyn Net legend Joe Johnson? Correct. The same one. Same put, guy. The same actually. one that put Paul Pierce on skates? How many championships did the Nets have? I don't care. I care. It's, it's no over. We're not talking about championships. We're talking about Paul Pierce getting put We're on skates. We're also talking about football here. <laughs> and... Bears win um, twenty to sixteen. Um, right. uh, I'm I'm gonna take the Rams. Uh, and I'm not confident. Looks like we have an opening know, for next week's show. I know. Yeah, I know. I know, <laughs> I know. And um, I don't love it. Right. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, love it. I'm not just doing it. Why are you doing it? I'm not just doing it because I'll get to it. And I'm Do you not love just doing every it to, bet you make, Nick? Uh, and I'm not just doing it to to be a contrarian. Um. This this Bears offense is not good. Um, they have talent. I just don't think they're they're that special. Um, the 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 main reason I'm taking this is like I have no idea why they're favored by six. Right? I don't know. If, Vegas knows something. They, right, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the. I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. I was thinking so that too, but I also yeah. We all say Vegas. Vegas knows something until it doesn't hit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say that until I know something, and then I mean, Vegas as a group something. of people, that, yeah. as a group of people that have gotten like five and three and seven and one in the past couple of weeks, I don't know if Vegas is really yeah, got the IQ up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, I'll, I'll take the Rams on the on the inkling that they know something that we we don't, and the that I mean that that's obvious. That's really, that's really the reason you're going to take the Rams. Well, yeah, if it opened at six, right? And if everyone's thinking the same way that you guys are and it goes down to like three and yeah, a half. Because, we, because you guys are right. Perhaps it, it could be. I, I just, I, I okay. think I trust right. Vegas making right. the models and making the lines in the first place. I'll get um, mad next week. I'll get that's mad fine. Next that's fine. That's fine. I, I expect the Rams <laughs> to come out and kind of, and kind of bust out of their shell a little bit. Uh, to mm-hmm. to show the world like hey this is one of the better defenses in the league but like hey look at us we still have a dynamic offense that's going to make them work but they can't it. beat they, they get smacked against a decimated San Francisco 49ers defense that's fair you're you're right 
in the smart mind of Sean McVay can't figure out a porous San Francisco 49ers defense that doesn't have Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman. That's yeah. I mean, well, they, they, they tried to pick on Jason Verrett the entire game and it didn't work. So, well, I mean, could, I, but probably not the entire game. You think if Sean McVay is so smart, okay, it doesn't work in two quarters. Let me change it up a little bit. No, let's just keep going at him. Why would perhaps. He do that? Why would I don't he do know. That? Okay. Don't know. Sorry. Sorry. I'm I will up. take, I will, t- I, 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 I got to take the Rams here. All right. So, Mano's on the Rams. Uh, Nick wants the keys to the bear. Um, earlier we had. It's just Who wins one in a fight, a ram or a bear? Huh? Probably a bear, right? Bear probably wins in a fight, an actual fight. What kind of bear? There's probably a black bear. Black bear? No, it's going to shit Well, they're brown in. bears. Are, are, the, are the bears? Black bears, bears are like, bears? black bears are tiny and bitches. Dude, tiny? They're cute. Tiny? They're like, no, black bears are like. Like two, three hundred pounds. Like brown bears are the ones that are like a thousand pounds. Huh? Welcome to the Animal Planet podcast, fellas. Maybe like not that, not two hundred pounds. Not that small, but like pounds. like four or five hundred. But like the brown bears are the ones that are like big, like the Kodiak bears. A those are the big bear. ass bears. A male black bear weighs anywhere between one hundred and thirty pounds and six hundred and sixty pounds. That's a big. That's a big discrepancy there. So I was kind well, of. I'd right. imagine. I'd imagine. I'd, yeah, a brown bear can weigh anywhere between a hundred and eighty pounds and thirteen hundred. Right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Can we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's wrap it up. Um, <laughs> all right, I wanted to finish my little line that I had there. Mano is on the Rams. Nick wants the keys to the Bears earlier today. Sam, I think, wanted the keys to the Broncos like he's O.J. Simpson. And <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, uh, this just about does it for our week seven episode yeah. of the Caps on Sports podcast. Um, links are in the description. I always read them out, but I'm not going to do it today because you can just click on the link right there. Um, click on Mano. But, yeah, um, pretty much just about does it. And for Tyler Blumenstick, Nick Tobias, Sam Meehan, and Anthony Mano, my name is Tyler Blumenstick, and we will see you next week.